1: Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
0: On Tuesday afternoon, Fox News settled with Dominion Voting Systems to the tune of $787 million. In a statement, Fox said, We are hopeful that our decision to resolve this dispute with Dominion amicably, instead of through the acrimony of a divisive trial, allows the country to move forward from these issues. Dominion lawyer Justin Nelson held a press conference after the settlement was announced.
2: Today's settlement of $787,500,000 represents vindication and accountability,
0: lies have consequences. Go to slate.com for continuing coverage of this story. Ten days after the 2020 presidential election, the research division at Fox News sent an email to their bosses. The subject line, Dominion Voting Systems and Criticism, fact check. The Fox News fact checkers had come to a clear conclusion about the conspiracy theories surrounding Dominion voting machines. They were, quote, 100% false. But then, two days later, this aired on Fox Business. states, A company that's not American, a company that's foreign, a company that has close, close ties with Venezuela and therefore China, and uses Venezuelan uh, a company software. That's been used to steal elections in other countries. I mean, I don't think people have any idea of the dimension of the national security problem that Dominion creates. And then this aired on Sunday Morning Futures.
1: In fact, every state that bought Dominion for sure should have a, a criminal investigation or at least a, a serious investigation of the, uh, federal, of the officers in the states who bought the software. We've even got evidence of want, some kickbacks, essentially. Kickbacks. I want to take a short break and come back on that. And I want to ask you about the kickbacks and who took...
0: And then this aired on Justice with Judge Janine Pirro. The Dominion software system has been tagged as one allegedly capable of flipping votes. And yet, we are criticized because we're asking questions. Those fact-checking emails were recently made public thanks to a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit Dominion Voting Systems has brought against Fox News. That case is set to go to trial this week. And Washington Post media critic Eric Wemple says... He's honestly a little surprised.
2: I've been covering the law pretty closely on this beat for quite a while. I never expect a case to go to trial because they so rarely do go to trial.
0: But when it comes to Fox and Dominion, the bad blood has been brewing for more than two years.
2: You know, it was clear that even at the time that, that Dominion was just a collateral damage to a narrative that Fox News wanted to pursue, that wanted to shape. I still to this day don't think that Fox News gave too much consideration to how they covered Dominion.
0: Wemple has covered the media and Fox News for over a decade. He says the discovery phase of this case has led to a tidal wave of information on the secretive titan of conservative media.
2: News organizations talk about transparency all the time, but they themselves are often not terribly transparent, especially in the case of Fox News. It's one of the most opaque institutions in America. But, you know, Dominion has really pierced the veil here.
0: Today on the show, what's behind the veil of Fox News? And could Dominion spell the beginning of the end for a right-wing media empire? I'm Mary C. Curtis, in for Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around.
1: This episode is brought to you by SAP. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI will not help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, or automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile
0: This case goes back to 2021 when Dominion voting systems filed a defamation lawsuit first against Fox news and then against their parent company, Fox corporation. Dominion alleges that Fox news knowingly spread misinformation about the election being stolen and about Dominion voting machines and that these lies tarnish Dominion's reputation.
2: And the other major sort of leg to this argument is that Fox did this knowingly, that this was a deliberate and knowing attack, and thus that it qualifies as defamation under the United States' very, very, very strict standard, which is designed to protect the free flow of speech. And in order for a plaintiff like Dominion to prevail in such a case, they have to prove something called actual malice. And that means that the defendant, Fox News, knew that its statements were false at the time that it uttered them or that it acted with reckless disregard of the truth or falsity of those statements. And reckless disregard is not just like negligence. Reckless disregard means that they entertain serious doubts about the veracity of their statements at the time.
0: Yeah. How difficult is that to prove? It seems like it would be tough to meet that standard. Oh,
2: it's, it's really tough. It's really tough. And it is one of the reasons why Fox News has been able to do the stuff that it's been doing for 26 years. You know, Fox News really, really, really thrives on the First Amendment. They, you know, they love the Second Amendment. <laughs> they should love the First Amendment more than any other part of the Constitution because this is something that, it's like a social safety net for Fox News. Uh, because in order to sue Fox News, you have to get in the mind of Fox News and prove they knew something, or they're acting with reckless disregard. But Mary, you're 100% right. It's very difficult to prove. And this trial, if nothing else, will show the public just how much protection their media companies have.
0: Dominion's case centers on Fox News coverage of the 2020 election, promoting claims that the election was stolen. So let's walk through that. Chronologically, Fox was one of the first outlets to call the election for Joe Biden. Can you explain
2: what happened there? Yeah, they actually called Arizona for Joe Biden, which was a critical piece of the landscape, the electoral landscape that night. Fox was the very first one to declare the pivotal swing state of Arizona for Joe Biden. And that happened before midnight on election night. Okay, timeout. This is a big development. Yeah. The Fox News decision desk is calling Arizona for Joe Biden. That is a big get for the Biden campaign. And that was a big, big deal because Arizona was pivotal uh, to the race. Um, and if Arizona indeed went to Biden, the avenues, the paths to victory for Trump were really straightened, were really narrowed at that point. So this was a huge scandal <laughs> among the MAGA crowd and the Trump people went berserk.
0: Yeah, they thought of it as a, a, a betrayal, I would think, the viewers. Yes, it was, right, a betrayal. What happened to the ratings? Did they reflect
2: that? The ratings started to fly. The ratings started to, to dip. And basically what you had over the next several weeks was a real sense of panic within Fox News. Like, oh my God, these people are deserting us, going to Newsmax, because Newsmax was really indulging this idea of stolen election. It was more Trumper than Fox was. And Fox was sort of stuck now because for the first time since like 2002, Fox News saw a real, real desertion, a real, real attrition in their ratings. They saw their audience started to move and they freaked out. Well, with this lawsuit, we really could see
0: this panic going on inside Fox at the time. What do we know about how Rupert Murdoch and other Fox executives were responding to these plummeting ratings.
2: They were really concerned. And the emails and texts show that that was the only thing that mattered to them, like getting the audience, whatever it required. And what it, what it ended up requiring is sort of Fox News indulging this idea of a stolen election and going with extremist content. Um, and in some cases, scolding or snarking about Uh, colleagues, and people on the news side of the operation who were fact-checking the stolen election claims. And they were being criticized internally for doing so.
0: This is when Fox hosts and anchors really ramped up their election fraud coverage. These reports about Dominion usually fell into four categories. Claims that Dominion was involved in election fraud, that their machines had an algorithm that produced the fraud, that they had ties to the Venezuelan government and that Dominion paid kickbacks to government officials for facilitating election fraud.
2: They had on Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and they just basically let these guys run roughshod with their claims about Dominion and so on and so forth.
1: Sidney, we talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. That's to put it mildly, the computer glitches could not and should not have happened in, at, at all. Those, that is where the fraud took place, where they were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist.
2: Those were the shows that really kept this thing alive. Um, and it just happened over and over and over again. Powell also appeared on Hannity's show. I think one of those appearances was, was, was central to, to the complaint, to this, to this litigation. But, you know, it, it, I think that the, the most egregious thing that Fox did was to let these two lawyers come on the air and just spread their falsehoods with such minimal pushback. So that's, that's really the, the heart of the Dominion suit, which is, you know, um, Giuliani, Sidney Powell, pushing these claims over and over again with minimal and sometimes zero pushback from the hosts.
0: We know from this lawsuit that has been made public, a lot of internal communication between Fox hosts and employees that paint a really different picture of what they were saying privately about Trump in the election. What do we know now about what people like Tucker Carlson were saying privately about Trump in the election? and how different that was to what Fox was putting on the air.
2: This is a critical point that you're landing on. The, the discovery materials that Dominion was able to pry out of Fox News in this proceeding show that what Fox News puts on its screen, puts on its air, doesn't bear a lot of resemblance to what its executives, its producers, and hosts believe behind the scenes. Especially in this particular instance, because there was a wide degree of skepticism, if not in some ways, revulsion against these stolen elections. They called it BS, you know, just bullcrap. And they used all kinds of colorful language in denouncing this idea of a stolen election. Don't believe it, never believed it for a second. Don't believe her complaints, it's bullshit. Fox's 8 p.m. host Tucker Carlson telling Fox's 10 p.m. host Laura Ingram, quote, Sidney Powell is lying, by the way,
1: to which Laura Ingram responded, Sidney is a complete nut. No one will work with her. Ditto with Rudy. Rupert Murdoch privately referred to the
2: position his network was, the poison his network was spewing as really crazy stuff.
0: Because of all of the things that have been surfaced. In your opinion, do you think Dominion has a good argument that Fox's coverage of the election was done with actual malice, that high standard, that they knowingly spread false information or had a reckless disregard for the truth?
2: It is going to be really tedious as the trial sort of excavates all of this matter. Because if Dominion proves that Fox News in in general didn't believe this whole stolen election claim, that won't really be enough to get there. What they need to do is they need, under the standards that have been worked out over the years in jurisprudence, what they need to do is they need to, quote, bring home the knowledge of falsity to the people, quote, responsible, unquote, for the broadcasting question. So you can't just say that, like, someone in the organization disbelieved the stolen election idea, that's not good enough. You have to show that the people, quote-unquote, responsible for the broadcast had this knowledge in order to prove actual malice.
0: Can you sum up what kind of defense Fox has been using so far?
2: The, the central defense of Fox and the most meaty defense of, the, of Fox is going to say, this person who drew up this script and this host who said this script did not know that these things were false at the time they said them. You know, that will be the essence of the defense. And Dominion's going to be, I think, flooding the zone with all this evidence that so-and-so knew this, so-and-so knew this, and that like, that there was a memo here circulated on November 13th by something known as the Fox News Brain Room, which is a research hub at Fox News. And the Brain Room on November 13th came to the conclusion that all this Dominion stuff was BS. But 18 of the 20 statements that are challenged in this case post-date the brain room finding. So that's a real problem for Fox News. Basically, Fox News has to show that the people behind those statements did not know about the brain room research. You know, this becomes a um, a real technical slog through through correspondence, through testimony, through depositions, and all this stuff. And I think that's why the court has estimated that this is going to take six weeks to unravel and to really dig in on.
0: After the break, with such a high standard to prove defamation, could Dominion
1: really win? In the latest season of Blind Spot from WNYC Studios and the History Channel, join host Kai Wright as he travels back to a pivotal moment in the history of this country. Decades before COVID 19, a virus tore through some of our most vulnerable communities while the wider world looked away. Throughout the season, you'll meet people who demanded that they and their illness be seen mothers, children, doctors, nurses, nuns, and sex workers. All leading to a woman who literally helped change the definition of AIDS. Blind spot, the plague in the shadows. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Today in the Middle East, happens in Ukraine has consequences for what's happening. AI. Hello, listeners. I'm Gabrielle Sierra, host of the Why It Matters podcast from the Council on Foreign Relations. Look, the world of international affairs can feel overwhelming and complex, but it also shapes our lives every single day. So it pays to know what's going on out there. Why It Matters is a foreign policy podcast for the rest of us. And with a little bit of humor and a lot of questions, we're here to break down global topics and bring the world home to you. So join us every two weeks on Why It Matters wherever you listen. If you
0: want to understand what is happening in the United States right now, you really need to understand what's happening with the courts, the law, and the Supreme Court. The battle between democracy and whatever this cage match is that we're witnessing, it's going to be won and lost at the ballot box, but it's also going to be won and lost in the courtrooms. I'm Dahlia Lithwick, I host Slate's legal podcast, Amicus, and we are doubling our output. Bringing you weekly episodes from here on in because how else can we keep an eye on the many trials of Donald Trump, the conservative legal movements, assaults on our rights, the Supreme Court's latest slate of environmental gutting, gun safety, eviscerating cases on the docket. So follow Amicus wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes dropping every Saturday morning. There have already been a couple major movements in this case during the pre-trial hearings. The judge recently ruled Dominion wouldn't be allowed to discuss January 6th during the trial, but most of his other rulings have dealt blows to Fox. In fact, Eric recently published an opinion piece titled, Dominion Lawsuit Pre-Trial Hearings Foreshadow a Brutal Ride for Fox News. In many defamation cases, part of the trial focuses on whether the statements made were actually false and if they were actually damaging to the plaintiff but for fox and dominion those questions have already been answered
2: in the judge's summary judgment opinion ruling he declared already he 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 resolved a couple issues that are usually if if something goes to the trial are usually in play these things are no longer in play number 1 falsity You know, one aspect of a defamation claim is you have to first prove that it's false. Like, there's no defamation if what you're saying is true. The the truth is the best defense. Fox does not even have truth as a defense. The judge ruled that those four things we talked about earlier are all false. These things they said and allowed on their air about dominion, false, 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 false. That's number one. Number two, the judge determined that they're defamatory per se, meaning they're damaging. So he ruled that's out the window. Fox News can't challenge that. So they're really fighting mainly on the question of damages and they're fighting on the question of actual malice.
0: The judge also recently ruled Fox could not use the defense that they covered the allegations about Dominion simply because they were newsworthy. And in another blow, the judge sanctioned Fox for allegedly withholding evidence in the case including information on Rupert Murdoch's role at Fox News.
2: Over the course of two years of litigation, various points, it has come up, what is Rupert Murdoch's official standing in Fox News? And as Dominion said in the pretrial hearings, when we've asked this question of Fox, we've gotten like some, oh, I don't know, sort of responses and nothing very committal. And, um, It turns out that Rupert Murdoch has a very official title at Fox News. It's like executive chairman or something like that. And because he has that title, he has certain responsibilities and official duties with respect to Fox News that he wouldn't have if he were just the Fox Corp mogul. And that affects the ability of Dominion to push for documents relating to those duties. But they didn't know that, so they feel they're missing stuff.
0: Fox has announced that both Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity, who are big names, big hosts, are expected to testify.
2: What are they going to say? Well, they're going to say, basically, I was doing my job and covering the news. That's what they're going to say. I mean, it's going to be as simple as that. This was an issue we felt we needed to weigh in on it. We felt we needed to provide the coverage that our viewers have come to expect, and we we included denials, and so on and so forth.
0: I'm curious, too, in the months leading up to the trial, many people were wondering if Fox was just going to try to settle this. And regardless of how this case ends, it seems like it hasn't been great for Fox with all the internal texts and emails, all the scrutiny uh, that people will see and have seen already. Do we know why Fox? didn't want to just settle and avoid unearthing all of their dirty laundry?
2: I think that is the question of the day. (laughs) That is the question of the day. My guess is that Dominion went with a hard line in terms of the settlement negotiations. They feel very strongly about their case. Number two, actual malice, as we discussed, is tough to prove. Fox is probably Still convinced that it can survive that particular test, um, I mean, look here's the interesting thing about this whole situation is that there's the legal and there's the sort of reputational side of this for Fox News. as we've discussed, Fox could prevail legally. Fox could fend off this suit and and come away uh, found not liable for. You know, actual malice and defamation. There is no way, however, that Fox News comes away with any sort of reputation intact as a so-called news organization.
0: Hmm. If Dominion wins, what impact do you think this will have on Fox as a business? 1.6 billion dollars, that's a lot of money, even for a big corporation. Could could they handle
2: the loss? Yes. Fox News makes billions and billions of dollars. I mean makes you know, the, the profit the profits have gone up and down but it makes boatloads of money and so it can it can survive this the likelihood of a billion dollar judgment against fox news is not very high and fox news i believe is going to argue too that in recent discovery materials the other problem with in terms of consequences for fox news is that you know their ratings continue to be pretty high Um, You know, Tucker Carlson got 3.7 million viewers um, the other night for the Donald Trump interview. They're a viable entity. They're a durable entity, much to the consternation of people who care about facts and civility in American political discourse.
0: Eric says even if Fox News does lose this case, Dominion could have trouble proving they are really owed $1.6 billion in damages, especially since, according to Fox, Dominion made a lot of money last year.
2: Fox News, I believe, is going to argue, too, that in recent discovery materials uh, from Dominion, that 2022 was a banner year for the company, for example, and that it did really well in 2022, better than expected, and therefore that the idea that Dominion is dying on the vine because of this this defamation is really not operative.
0: We also know that this lawsuit isn't the only legal issue that Fox is facing. They're being sued by a former producer who alleges she was coerced into giving misleading testimony and made a scapegoat in this Dominion lawsuit. They have another ongoing lawsuit from another voting machine company, Smartmatic, who's suing Fox for more than $2 billion. Do you think this pileup of cases has caused any kind of reckoning at Fox?
2: That's a hard thing to determine right now. I hope so. I hope so. I hope Fox you know, takes a lesson from this and decides that it's going to uh, do factual sort of reporting as opposed to mythical, fantastical sort of reporting. I don't have a high degree of confidence that that will be the case. The forces that, that we now see through emails and texts that were um, weighing upon Fox and the, and, and the forces that, that brought them to this sort of conspiratorial approach to the post-election news stories is a constant one. And I I can't see them, (laughs) you know, uh, going on the straight and narrow for too long.
0: Well, what about if Fox is found not guilty or not found guilty? What signal would that send to other conservative media outlets in regard to misinformation? And are there any outlets in particular that are really keeping a close watch on this case?
2: I think that yeah if if Fox News wiggles out of this yeah some other conservative outlets could you know could maybe say you know we don't need that upcoming training session on libel law that we had scheduled with the lawyer but I think a more interesting or or you know an interesting dynamic might come on the left the liberal side of the American political spectrum because if you look at the Supreme Court Clarence Thomas and uh, Justice Gorsuch, um, Neil Gorsuch, have been two Supreme Court justices who have leaned into the idea of undoing the actual malice standard or overturning or replacing with something that forces more accountability upon media organizations. There's another jurist, a late jurist, um, Lawrence Silberman, who wrote a big diatribe on getting rid of actual malice because it coddles You know, news outlets like The Washington Post and the major news networks because ABC, NBC, so on and so forth. You know, the mainstream media because they're not accountable. It's too hard to sue them. But if Fox News escapes from this, I could see a situation where liberals in this country say, huh, can't even get Fox News on this case because of actual malice? Let's throw out actual malice. And so, you know, where, where once Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch sat, you know, it's possible that other people in the country who are liberal could say, hmm, if you can't even nail Fox News on this case, we've got a problem with actual malice.
0: What should be the big takeaway when it comes to misinformation being broadcast and all the other issues? What, what's at stake? What should folks be looking at?
2: That, that particular question that particular matter has in some ways already been settled so that the, the that the person watching or following along should be aware that fox news has already suffered pretty significantly because of this suit right the suit has brought really disrepute upon fox by revealing what it was thinking what it was doing how it runs we we haven't gotten this this penetrating, this piercing a view of Fox News in 26 years. There has never been a scandal at Fox News quite like this one. And so if you're going to peddle in misinformation out there, and that's what you want to do, and you're going to make big money off of it, get ready for this sort of treatment. Because once you get to the point where you can influence people with misinformation, this could be and may well be, the consequence that you get a probe uh, of this sort of invasiveness, and it is painful. Even though Fox News will likely come out financially sound and with its audience intact, this has not been a good ride for them.
0: About those Fox viewers, will it make a difference at all?
2: Well, I've been covering Fox... Pretty extensively now for about 12 years, and one thing I've learned is never to count Fox out, because I've you know basically Fox News's history is a history of little scandals, uh, content scandals, sexual harassment scandals. You, you you learn never to predict that this will have a lasting impact on Fox, because it just never seems to. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You know when the mainstream media covers a Fox scandal. Uh, you know, it stri- strikes me that Fox's loyal audience just becomes more loyal.
0: Thank you, Eric Wemple, for coming on What Next?
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for the excellent questions. I appreciate them.
0: Eric Wemple is a media critic at The Washington Post. That's the show. If you're a fan of What Next, the best way to support our work is to join Slate Plus. Go to slate.com slash plus. To sign up, What Next is produced by Elena Schwartz, Anna Phillips, Paige Osborne, and Madeline Ducharme. We're getting help from Laura Spencer and Jarrett Downing. We're led by Alicia Montgomery with a little help from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary C. Curtis, columnist at Roll Call and host of its Equal Time podcast. Find me on Twitter. I'm at M. Curtis nc3. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.